Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Bueller, and I'm here with my co-host and twin sister, Brittany. Hey guys. This is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics, and today we are so excited to be joined by UCLA volunteer assistant coach and choreographer, BJ Das. BJ has worked as a professional dancer and performed live with artists like Beyonce, Pink, and Usher, and she's also the mastermind behind Nia Dennis's Vio Floor Routines. She joins us today to talk about the process of choreographing a floor routine and what it's like to have it go viral. But before we get into it, we want to real quickly thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. Thank you to Blake B, Elaine E, Rye Dog, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, and Amy C. Thank you all so much for your support each month. Your contributions mean a lot to us and it helps to pay for our website, equipment, and some of the transcriptions that we've done in the past. So we appreciate you all so, so much and we hope that you enjoy today's episode. Before we get into the interview with BJ, we just want to take a quick moment to acknowledge the passing of Diane Durham. Diane was the 1983 U.S. national champion, and she's best known for being the first black gymnast in the United States to win a national title. She was a pioneer in the sport and inspired so many gymnasts, improved to all the young black gymnasts around the world that they could be just as great as the white gymnasts. Diane was competing at a time where the sport was dominated by white female athletes and she really broke boundaries and kind of paved the way for a lot of the successful gymnasts that we see today like Simone Biles and Gabby Douglas and you know even Betty Okino and Dominique Dawes there's so many tremendous black athletes that came after Diane Durham and she wasn't an Olympian and I think sometimes she does get overshadowed by Mary Lorette and her teammate and she doesn't always get the recognition that she deserves. And I know yeah. a lot of people right now are really upset that she hasn't been inducted into the USA Gymnastics Hall of Fame. That is something that the Jim Trinette is sort of banding together right now to try and make that happen. Um, and also her husband, he posted a message saying that his wish is for Diane to be finally inducted you know, like she should have been a long time ago and, you know, it's where she deserves to be. So we're hoping that USA Gymnastics is going to do the right thing and honor her in that way. And she really does deserve it for the contributions that she made to the sport. And I think that her legacy should be cemented forever in history in USA Gymnastics Hall of Fame for paving the way for so many black athletes. So we're going to have the petition that Michaela Loves Gymnastics on Twitter was so gracious to create and it's now circulating around. Um, as of this morning when we're recording, it had well over a thousand signatures. So we're going to have the link to that in the show notes down below. Please take a moment while you're listening to this to click that link and to sign that petition to get Diane Durham in the Hall of Fame for USA Gymnastics where she rightfully belongs. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your background with dance and then also your background with gymnastics. So I started gymnastics when I was six and I went up to level 10 in club, a club called Cascade Elite in Seattle. And then I walked on to the University of Washington gymnastics team with a lot of pre-existing injuries, but I loved the sport and I just couldn't get myself to quit. Um, so I ended up going in um, as a beam specialist my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, I got cleared to do floor and actually choreographed my own floor routine. And then I had an injury, like my first meet competing floor, uh, my sophomore season. And that was kind of the end of it. And I had to be done after that. And I had always loved to dance. I was kind of like the dancer at the gym that would, 
you know, makeup dances and make my teammates learn it, or I'd go help someone with a beam routine or a floor routine. And I just like loved anything related to dance. So I told myself like, if I ever couldn't do gymnastics that I would want to try dance. And I just never had the time. Cause as you guys know, like in club, you're doing like 30 hours a week. So um, I ended up, yeah, starting dance classes. I recovered from my Achilles surgery and um, that was like, in the summer, I want to say, and I just started doing these drop-in dance classes, and like a typical gymnast, you just want to be good at everything you do, you take it very seriously, so it wasn't, it was a hobby that turned like very serious quickly, and then I was like taking private lessons, and then I wanted to learn more about ballet and jazz, and I had to be on all the performing groups in Seattle, and then it was like, I was spending the same amount of time that I had been spending on gymnastics my whole life in dance and that was kind of my second half of college I kind of lived two lives in college I was like a college athlete and then I was this dancer in Seattle and I just from then on kind of wanted to follow this like kind of very far away dream of pursuing it as a career Mm -hmm. Um, I was originally kind of wanting to go into the medical field like nursing or physical therapy but I was just burnt out after undergrad. And so I was like, you know what, let me just try to move to LA and see what happens. Like no pressure. I just started dance when I was 20. I'm, you know, not that great yet, but I'm just going to move out and see what happens. And so from there, I moved to LA and I just like kind of dove right in and ended up signing with an agency a couple months later. And then I I booked like my first big job probably within like a less than a year. Um, I went on tour with Avril Lavigne actually. Um, that's so cool it was so fun like that was like the job that told me like okay I'm where I'm supposed to be let me just like follow my heart and I think I'm in it now so yeah the first time you choreographed a floor routine was that your own floor routine then I was always like the the choreographer in the gym but not I never choreographed a full floor routine when I was in high school Mm -hmm. um so I think that was actually my first time in um our choreographer at UW at the time was just like, you know what? I think you've got this. And I was like, okay. So I picked this, I'm actually half Indian. My dad's from India. And so I picked this like Bollywood Jay-Z kind of like, it was like a Indian Bhangra mix. And I was really excited to do it. And then I, obviously I didn't really get to compete it much. Yeah. I, I was going to ask, is there any video of you competing on YouTube? I looked and I can't find it. I know my uncle has one on VHS when I was uh, doing Beam at Oregon State, but I, yeah, I honestly don't know. I, I, they're all on like videotapes in my parents' basement and they need to be like converted to like a flash drive. So yeah, I was going to say, if you ever find like one of your Florentines, like you should send it to us so we can share it with the world. <laughs> okay, they will look probably pretty gymnasty. Like <laughs> I think I had Malaguena like in club you know very like Spanish like classical and I always wanted a sassy routine and I didn't really get to do that until my own in college (laughs) so your choreography is obviously getting a lot of attention right now because of Nia Dennis routine going viral for the second year in a row she's getting recognition from people like Michelle Obama Janet Jackson so from your perspective as the person kind of behind the scenes of that routine what is it like to see her getting so much attention with that Uh, it honestly just makes me so proud like proud of her and proud of like kind of what we created this year and uh, just excited for the future and for the program and I think for so long at the beginning of this year we like couldn't even see a light at the end of the tunnel of getting to season Mm -hmm. and so the fact that like we made it 
we're doing, you know, real meets now and we're getting to perform and then people in the world are seeing it despite not having audiences at our meets. It's just really exciting. And, and then I'm especially proud that Nia is just really getting to be her whole authentic self and represent black culture in front of a wider audience than I think we ever could have imagined. So really stoked about it. Can you tell us a little bit more about Nia's routine and how it all came about? Yeah, we, we started talking about it over the summer, but like we really didn't see each other in person. So it'd just be these like FaceTime conversations of like, what am I going to do? It's senior year. And um, it was also around the time of a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests. There was a lot going on in the world. She wasn't really able to attend any of those because of her shoulder surgery at the time. Um, I actually went to one in Hollywood that was really powerful for me, like to be a part of. I'd never been a part of something that big you know, stretching for miles down Hollywood Boulevard. And the first thing that we did that I really remembered, we took a knee in silence and we, we held our fists in the air and we did it for like at least like 30 seconds to a minute of the entire crowd just quiet. And so that was really like a cool moment that I wanted to incorporate into a routine. And she, of course, wanted to use something like that as well. And then like, we just like really started with the music, music that spoke to her that felt like, oh, this is so me, you know, like I, I had a Spotify list of about 85 songs that we had to narrow down. And there's still like a ton of songs in this routine, but um, they all kind of serve a purpose and like a side of her personality and a message or a celebration or something that she wants to portray. So we just felt like it was, we just couldn't cut any more out. We were like, all right, we're just going to do it. <laughs> How much can you cram in 60 seconds? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It, I mean, so many songs. Like we really tried to cut it down. We also switched out a lot of songs. Like I, we didn't settle until we felt like it was right. And like, she felt like she could connect to all of it. I think that was really important for me as a choreographer is that she felt connected to the music. And so we finally got to that mix. That last one that we added in the Tupac California Love, that was like the last addition to it. And when she heard that, she was like, this is it. Yeah. Like Tupac is on her screensaver on her phone. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So what is the process for choreographing a floor routine? Like from the music to deciding on like the theme, like what is your process for choreographing? My choreography process is a lot, I guess it's similar to a lot of choreographers, especially with gymnasts, because you're working with um, a large variety of uh, ability when it comes to dance and training and styles. And so um, it usually starts with the music for me, but also just looking at the athlete and talking to them and seeing if I'm always open to their ideas as well and just collaborating on it. And sometimes I have a really clear vision for what type of theme or style we want to do and others, it just kind of evolves over time. So definitely starts with the music, which either I will cut or I'll have one of my producer friends cut with some of the more difficult ones. And yeah, it just, it really is different for everybody. I would say that I focus on the music first and the theme first. And then as that theme unfolds with the mix, like a character might come out, uh, we might, you know, might end up going a completely different direction than we originally thought just based on how the athlete moves. So it's almost like the, the easy fun part is once the mix is done and we're in the gym and we're actually getting to vibe together and create a routine. So that just seems to, the music always kind of tells me what to do. So I just try to like find accents that I like and see what looks good on an athlete that I'm working with. And if they have any signature moves that they want to throw in there, because a lot of them like to kind of repeat a couple signature moves they do from routine to routine. I usually allow them to do it, but we have to find the perfect spot where it goes with the music and yeah. Um, 
so I guess that's how the process is and then it never really stops like for me I'm I'm pretty picky when it comes to like musicality and performance those are kind of my two things like I really want them to not just dance aimlessly through the music but I want them to hit accents and be on beat much like a dancer would be yeah and so I I treat them like dancers and I push them in that way like to really listen to the music and understand like the feeling behind the routine so I spend a lot of time like chasing them around the floor and just you know reminding them to use their face and to make eye contact with me or to like be a little sharper on something and so they're the routines are always evolving because if like a part isn't working or I see it, you know, the playback on Pac-12 network or something, I, I feel like it's not reading on camera. I'll often go back and kind of tweak it a little bit. So um, I do like that I'm really involved with this team and I have, it's a very hands-on process and I'm always able to go back and be like, you know what, why don't we change this? Or maybe you need a little more breathing time before your last pass. And, you know, so it's always kind of evolving, but the bulk of my work is usually done right before season. And then it's just about fine tuning and building their confidence. So do you have kind of like in your head, the whole routine laid out before you go to the gym, this and be like, this is what I have. This is what I'm thinking. Or are they kind of along the journey as you're like, you know, kind of piecing everything together? Usually I have more of it in my head and then I kind of sell it to them and then they might have input and they might get inspired by hearing what I have kind of planned or what I have in mind for them mm-hmm. um, and then others like this year was different because I wasn't with them like through the summer like the first time I saw everyone since March was October 12th so we didn't have a whole lot of discussion with such uncertainty this year of like even knowing if we're going to get to season so um, I'd say less planning went in this year like or less collaboration did until the later stages of it but yeah, it just, it still depends on the athlete. Like I can't really pinpoint like a specific process. Like I just want, am like in tune with each girl. And I think it's really nice, like coming in my second season, knowing their personalities and how they work. And mm-hmm. some people prefer for me to just choreograph it and then teach it to them, you know, and have it done already. And then some people, we just come in and wing it, which is what, honestly, that's what mostly happens just because we were working so last minute this year. So I'm like, here's the music. This is what I have in mind. Let's try this. Okay. No, try that. Now try this. Like, you know, their brain is like working real hard when they work with me. Cause I'm having them try like 50 different ways to do a pose before their last pass or something. So from start to finish, how long would you say it takes to actually get a routine put together? I mean, obviously this year is a little bit different with COVID, but in a normal year, how long do you think it takes you to kind of get the whole thing together? In a normal year, I, I kind of like to do shorter sessions, I realize, so it's not as overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So I would say, like, two sessions at a minimum, maybe three, like, meaning, like, yeah, two to three hours or something. It varies, but okay. I would say it's about that. It's usually them, like, working a little during practice and hopefully after if we're allowed to come in on an off day, which often with, uh, like, COVID protocols this year, it was a little more difficult, so... Yeah, it would be that. And then we just like fine tune in the gym. And as they're in practice, we're just constantly working on stuff like that. So you've had just Nia's two routines go viral. Is that the only routines you've choreographed that have gone viral? I, I don't really know. I don't really know what uh, viral means. Like, like how, you, how does something qualify as being viral? 
I think in my mind, I view it as anytime people that like aren't in the gymnastics world are talking about it. Like when I go on my Facebook page and there's people from my hometown sharing Nia Dennis on Facebook, like that to me is viral. Like when it's going like beyond the gymnastics world and like celebrities and stuff are seeing it. That's my like gauge of viral. No, that makes sense. I think, I think you're right. Is there like a secret to creating a viral routine? Like what, what needs to happen in a floor routine in your opinion for it to go viral or to have potential to go viral? Mm. I, I don't know that there's like a formula. I'm, I'm so not of like a viral influencer generation. Like I grew up watching like TRL music videos and Janet Jackson, DV, you know, tour DVDs and Justin Timberlake and Britney. So I, I grew up like with a different, pop culture I think than this new like viral world and so I'm not sure exactly what it is I would say that like being somehow socially relevant maybe mm-hmm. and um and maybe it has to do with the music or just the person who's performing it or the way it's posted and the timing of it but I don't know like this I actually was not really expecting this at all this year especially to happen so quickly so I I never really created it for that reason it was like this is for you, Nia. Like, I want you to enjoy this routine. I want you to feel it. I want the team to be connected to it. I want it to say something. You know, I want I want there to be a message behind this routine because I think you have a lot to say and um, you have a lot to share with the world. And so that was kind of like my intention behind it. It wasn't really about like outsider views or opinions, mm-hmm. um, but it turned out to be a great thing because I think people who wouldn't normally be watching gymnastics are now watching it. So I'm definitely like, thrilled you know and humbled that it it got so popular but it wasn't like my original thought yeah UCLA has had a lot of viral teens in the past like there was Safina DeJesus was the first one then I think it was Heli Masa then there was Kaylin Ohashi twice and now Nia twice so do you feel like pressure in any sort of way to keep that tradition going like because it was going on before you even were a part of the team but like now you're continuing it on too so like (laughs) pressure's on (laughs) I know that is kind of crazy like I just felt more pressure in general coming in after Miss Val like of creating such a legacy of like amazing floor routines and performers and so I just wanted to do like her justice and make her proud and like make the program proud to be a Bruin basically like I just didn't know what to expect and I wasn't expecting any viral routines last year necessarily um I just wanted them to be good like yeah I wanted the girls to like it I wanted the team to like it I wanted the fans to like it but it wasn't really like yeah I guess maybe now I should start thinking about this more but I don't want it to ever appeal or like sell out routines like all I'm trying to do is go viral like that's yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I don't I don't want to like put pressure on you either like yeah I mean UCLA's just always been known though for choreography and like you were saying before with Miss Val and then I know going into last season the entire gymnastics world was like waiting to see what UCLA's choreography was going to be like because I'm like there's no way like someone's going to be as good as Miss Val but then you come up and you're like amazing so it's just oh, you're just like thank you on. thanks <laughs> Who do you think, in your opinion, would be the next candidate to be the viral floor team for UCLA? I always thought, I'm like waiting for Mars to do it. Like I thought last year she was going to do it. And then I'm like, I don't know what she's going to have this year. Is she getting a new routine? I'll have to watch uh, our next Uh, She she hinted (laughs) at it on Twitter, so I think so. (laughs) By the time this comes out, she'll probably have already done it. But 
yeah i'm like kind of waiting for mars to go viral but is there anybody else on the team or maybe i guess if you think mars who do you think has potential to go viral this year <laughs> or in the future i would love it for mars too i love for our whole team too like for different reasons um i'm really a big fan of the way shay campbell moves as well like she just is so natural and she's got beautiful lines and she's really graceful but she can also groove like everything just looks good on her like everything I've asked her to do looks amazing on her like I honestly think she could work as a dancer in the industry after gymnastics yeah um but yeah I don't know I mean I guess we'll have to see like we just I, d I don't want to like focus too much on that because I mm -hmm. think I just want it to be like I want all the routines to be authentic and I want the girls to really be able to express themselves and so that's kind of like an afterthought and you know of course I hope that everyone gets the recognition that they deserve and I hope that people who wouldn't normally watch gymnastics will start to tune in so I guess for that reason like I would love for more routines to go viral just to like you know shine more light on the sport of gymnastics I think it's awesome and I think it should be on mainstream television mm -hmm. and I think that you know after the Lakers play the heat that they should watch like UCLA go against Utah or something like why yeah. not you know so yeah. I think like there's a there's like a bigger a bigger picture here that I hope that also other teams will be able to get recognized for their talents as well mm -hmm. what's your favorite floor team that you've ever choreographed if you can even pick one? Oh, I, I honestly don't I don't think I could pick yeah I, I liked um them for different reasons and I like working with like the different athletes and the different styles. And um, sometimes it's just really satisfying to work with uh, an athlete that's a little less confident in dance and watch them blossom over the season. And so, yeah, I, I couldn't even pick one. How do you work with athletes that aren't as, I want to say like natural of a performer, because obviously someone like Nia and Mars, they seem very like comfortable and confident and almost natural. But then there's some mm -hmm. athletes that like, if I was a gymnast, I feel like I would not be good at performing. So how do you bring that out of them? Um, I kind of think back to when I felt like this outsider in the dance world, I was like 20, you know, and I had just started and I was in the studio with dancers that had been doing it since they were six much like me in gymnastics so I had a different confidence as a gymnast than I did in the beginning as a dancer and so I just remember like the confidence building and the positive reinforcement was key for me in building confidence before anything else and like I didn't feel like I could emerge as a performer until I believed that I looked good mm -hmm. and so for a lot of it is me like making sure that the girls who are less comfortable with themselves as performers feel like they look good and they feel cool and they're having fun. And a lot of times it's like picking a character that they really connect to. And sometimes I see glimpses of them like outside the gym or on a TikTok video or something like that. And I'm like, hey, I saw you do this thing in this really cool outfit with sunglasses. Like, why aren't you like that on floor, you know? And <laughs> yeah. so like, I just like try to find things like it's almost like more of a personal connection that that I build with them to help them believe in themselves on the floor. And I've noticed too during the competitions that you're always like down there on the sides like getting it with them. Do you yes. feel like that kind of helps them too to be like more comfortable and just relax a little bit? Yeah like I, I actually like started out last year being like okay you know John Wooden has this thing about being stoic and Val kind of did 
did that as well. And so I'm going to just like be poised and really calm when I'm watching them. And I like, as the season went on and like, it's just so hype in an arena when people are doing floor teams, I just like couldn't help it. <laughs> and so it just started to come out. And then I realized like the girls enjoy that and the other team, their teammates are doing the choreo with them on the sides. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to join in too. And actually the funny thing is with Nia's routine, that part where I was caught on camera doing it, like kind of full out, it's because we had just changed the timing of her going into that second pass. So I was like, don't worry, girl, I got you. We're in the corner to get, we're in it together. And so it was so fun. Like we just locked eyes and she was like kind of screaming at me like, yeah, like when she did it, we were like, you did it right. It was the first time. So <laughs> that is awesome. I actually love having moments like that. And I think it gets them out of their head of like worrying about like, a pass that's going to be in 20 seconds you know they don't have to think about that like if they can live in the moment then I think everything they've trained for will just kind of unfold. I also wanted to ask you about the intro video this year because I know you and Deanna both played a really big part in that so what was your involvement with the creative process of the intro video? Oh yeah that was that was a crazy and fun project. Um, First of all I was like just so happy that Deanna asked me to be more involved this year and she was like, I think we just got to do what UCLA does best. And that's dance. I mean, besides gymnastics, of course, but, <laughs> right. but you know, for an intro video, we're not going to be doing full sets in their intro video. So um, we were really brainstorming on how to do it safely with all the COVID restrictions. And so we were really committed to making sure that however we shot it, it was only one girl in frame at a time. So they were always social distancing. So even if they did have their mask off, there was nobody around them aside mm-hmm. from the camera that was uh, you know, at least six feet behind them. Um, so I guess it started off with me kind of getting inspired by, do you know who Todrick Hall is? Yes. Kind of yeah. a YouTuber. And he has some really cool YouTube ideas. So there was this one of him where there's like four of him dancing to Beyonce. He has like a 90s mix. He has a couple different mixes. And so I pulled from, I kind of got inspired by that because it'd be like three Todricks doing one thing. And then the fourth Todrick's like pointing to them. And I was like, I wonder if we can create a dancey type intro video using this like grid idea. And so I kind of showed Deanna this video and then she of course has her own great ideas and she actually really connected with this Ali and AJ song. Mm -hmm. So that was all her. She already had the song set before anything else. Okay. Um, And then I kind of started looking up different grid ideas and like, how can we play with like um, the frames how can we make them move and then we brought in another girl Valentina who is just like a genius with lighting and like making things happen and so we kind of had this like kind of impossible idea like I would have no idea how to edit it and I almost like couldn't even see how it would look so once we started building this idea Deanna ended up like recording me doing like what I wanted And then she edited it together so that like, I could kind of get a visual of what it would look like. And then we started building from that. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of hours. And then the other thing was that we didn't want to take away too much time from like school or training. So we had really short, like a one day of rehearsal that was like 45 minutes, you know, before practice where I taught them all their parts. And then they just had to come in like pros. Like they really like had to jump in and just do their best. And they all really took it seriously. They all practiced at home. They came in like professional ready hair and makeup done. Um, And then we shot it like in 
two separate chunks where they would come in in the morning for like an hour and then they would come in in the afternoon so they could go home and study and do all the other things they need to do so um, the scheduling was actually the hardest part of it like the creative part was really fun and then we had to schedule it like efficiently so yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm really, I was really happy with how it came out and Deanna just killed it with the editing. It was hours and hours that she put into that. And we all just like got to, I don't know, use our different skills and talents to put something together. So I'm, yeah, I'm proud of it. Yeah. I, it's like literally genius. That's the only way I could describe it. Like yeah. no <laughs> other team has done anything like that before. And I think that's why the gymnastics community was all about it. I don't know. Most teams just do like collages of gymnastics or just kind of like every team looks, looks the same, same. Yeah. and this was just so uh, unique so great job to you and Deanna and everybody that was involved with it because it turned out amazing uh thanks so much Thank you so much to BJ for sharing your story with us and giving us a little insight into your choreographic process. Your passion for dance will have a lasting impact on the gymnastics world, so thank you so much for sharing your talent with all of us. So something else that we wanted to do in this episode was actually talk about the viral floor routines, and we initially thought that we wanted to rank them like from our favorite to least favorite, but that's also really hard to do and almost not yeah. fair because they are all amazing routines and they all clearly went viral for a reason. Yeah, I think each routine has a special reason why it went viral. Like you can't just lump them all together and be like, they're all viral routines. They're all the same because they went viral. Like there's something special about each of them and there's a reason that we like each of them. So it is really hard to like rank them. But we do want to talk about First of all, just what happened with each routine, because I think each routine kind of had its own moment where it was getting recognition from people all around the world and celebrities and everybody was talking about it and gymnastics was in the limelight. It was in the mainstream media and that just does so many great things for the sport. So we really kind of want to dive into what makes a routine viral, talk about each of these routines, how it all unfolded, what things we liked in each routine, mm -hmm. you know, why we think it went viral. I think it's really interesting to think about why a routine goes viral. What are the factors that kind of play into that? And obviously you guys heard we talked to BJ about that and I totally agree with her assessment. I think that having familiar or catchy music is a huge component. Also, of course, the dance, the way that the gymnast performs the routine. I think that is one of the biggest factors in going viral. But another thing that she mentioned which I agree with, but I didn't, I guess, think about at first was the routine being relevant in some way. And I think you totally see that with Nia Dennis, for example, because UCLA tweeted her routine and they kind of were the ones that brought attention to the black excellence aspect of it. And with everything that happened last summer with BLM and, you know, all the conversations that came from that, I think it's a really important conversation that as a nation we're having and for her to have a routine that's a tribute to black artists and kind of her own way of making a statement when she wasn't able to you heard bj say that she had a surgery and she wasn't able to participate in the protests like she would want to so this was her own way of kind of letting her voice be heard and participating in that which i think is really cool yeah. and really special so 
that kind of went into the routine going viral as well. And I think that really resonated with people. Mm -hmm. Like you said, just with all of the conversation that we're having, not only with Black History Month right now, but then all of the protests that went on for months throughout the summer. Mm -hmm. I still think this is a very relevant topic, and that's why this routine picked up so much traction. Yeah, that was a good point. Another thing, too, that we didn't talk about, but I think makes sense is the marketing aspect of it. UCLA is very, very good at this. They're usually very quick to post routines, like the individual routine um usually it's a pretty good quality video you're able to hear the music yeah there's not any like commentators they completely remove the commentators from the routine so you can just hear the music and you can really hear the little nuances of it and kind of understand like especially with ucla's routines all the little things the intricacies of the choreography and how it kind of matches the music yeah, you really need to be able to hear the music to actually appreciate the routine, I feel like. So that is something that UCLA does so well time after time, which maybe is a reason why so many girls from UCLA have gone viral. It's 100% that. I actually think that aside from the choreography, like UCLA has always had great choreography, whether it was Miss Val or Hallie Mosette or now BJ Das. There's been legendary, I would say, routines mm-hmm. that have come from the school time after time, just throughout the span of several years. But it's not just that. It's not just the choreography, and it's not just how the athlete performs it. It's the media picking up on it, and also the school's responsibility, you know, the Twitter account, the Facebook account, the Instagram account, to push that routine out there and kind of bring attention to why it's special or why why you should care about it. Exactly, why people should care. Because that's the thing. Gymnastics fans, like, we watch these routines every single weekend. We know how amazing this routine is or that routine is. The average person that doesn't tune into gymnastics every weekend, they're not going to see that unless it starts getting spread around. So how do you get it to spread around? And like we said, there's so many factors with it, but I think a lot of it is how it's promoted, um, the special meaning behind the routine, and then also, of course, just the way that it's performed. So there's so many factors. Well, also, another thing kind of tying into that is how accessible it is. Mm -hmm. Pac-12 and SEC, they do a great job of making all of the meets accessible to people really all around the world, Mm -hmm. whereas we have schools like Oklahoma and Michigan that are in conferences that don't really promote their athletes the same way that the SEC and the Pac-12 does. I think that also helps with the athletes to gain a large following themselves. You know, the whole LSU gymnastics team, not the whole team, but a lot of them are verified on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, why is that? And same with UCLA's team as well. Yes, exactly. So it's like these gymnasts start to almost gain a bigger following because their meets are so accessible. Mm -hmm. You have more eyes on them, and then more people obviously see it, more people share it, and that's kind of how things get flowing, I would say. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to the very beginning. The first, to my knowledge, I mean, someone correct me, I guess, if I'm wrong, but this, to my knowledge, is the very first gymnast to ever go viral, college gymnast to go viral, and that is Lamencia Hall from LSU. Her routine from her junior year, which was in 2014, went viral. It was actually a perfect 10 routine, and she got 2.9 million views on YouTube. She was being shared by People Magazine, USA Today. She went on Good Morning America, so that was kind kind of like the starting point and I would say inspired a lot of gymnasts to be able to go out there and have fun with their performance and do something a little bit different yeah and just be confident and just own it and sell it because that's totally what Lamencia's style and her brand I want to say mm-hmm. was she went out there week after week 
and she got so into her routines that even the away teams would stop and look and watch. Like, you you couldn't take your eyes off of her. Yeah. Go find any video, not just the one that she went viral for. Any video of her performing on floor, you'll see everybody, whether it's an away crowd, the other team, you'll see people in the background, and it seems like everybody's eyes are on her. And they're all smiling. Yeah. And I think that's so amazing and gymnastics continues to evolve. And I think the sport has evolved so much since then, which is crazy because it wasn't even that long ago, but it kind of feels like it was a long ago, but um, the sport has just evolved so much. And now we have so many gymnasts where you kind of almost expect a routine to go viral every year, just with the way that the media is. But back then it wasn't a thing. So Lomencia kind of blowing up like she did, it was huge. It was huge for the sport. It was huge for LSU. It was huge for Lomencia. But most importantly, like I said, it was huge for the growth of gymnastics. I think something that really stood out for me in La Mencia's routine is the butt bounce that she always did at the very end. Yeah. And her junior year and senior year, she kept the same part of her music. So I believe it was the LSU fight song. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So obviously the LSU crowd is going to get into it because it's a familiar song to them and something that has so much pride for you know anybody who's either an athlete at LSU, an alumni of LSU, just a fan of LSU. It just brings them so much pride. Mm-hmm. So that part of her routine, I think, is really, really what pumped the crowd up. She would do that kind of seat drop, the butt bounce. She'd and it stand went, up. And the music and... went right into the fight song after she did that. Yes. Um, so it was just really a fun routine. And I think that portion is really what stood out to me. And I like that going into her senior year, she kept that portion. Mm. Well, because at that point, it's that the crowd already knows it. They love it. They come to expect it. And once you've done it and they go crazy... You bring it back the next year. They go crazy again. You know they're going to go crazy again. So that's a very smart move on her part. And then Ashley Claire Kearney, she does the choreography at LSU. She also does an amazing job with choreography. And a very smart move on all their part to be able to put together a routine like that that they know is going to get the crowd hype. So the next gymnast to go viral, which was the very first from UCLA that kind of started the train of viral routines for UCLA, was Safina De Jesus, and her floor routine from 2016 went viral. She had over 40 million views. She ended up on the Ellen Show, which was a huge deal, and she actually did her own choreography along with her sister, I believe she said. And I think as soon as she went viral, she was kind of labeled as the hip hop gymnast. That was kind of like her tagline. Yeah, and I think that had a lot to do with her background as a dancer before. Like she said on the Ellen Show, she was actually already on the Ellen Show previously, a part of a dance team. And she was also on the TV show Hip Hop Harry. So she kind of already had a background in dance, which I think you know, kind of helped her natural ability when it came Mm -hmm. to floor. Oh yeah, for sure. And I also think just the moves that were in the routine, like she had the whip, the nay-nay, the dab, those were all moves that at that time were very, very popular. Just like nowadays with TikTok, like there's so many moves that you recognize as being from TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, and you see it and you're like, oh, it's that move. Like I know that move from TikTok. And obviously TikTok wasn't a thing back then, but the whip and the nay-nay and the dab, those were all moves that were super, super popular. 
popular. So I think for the average Joe Schmo in the audience, seeing that routine or just people watching online, seeing that routine, you identify kind of with that. You recognize it and yeah. you're like... And it's something that the audience can get into and do along with her. You know, when you watch Safina's routine, you look in the background, the entire student section for UCLA is dancing. They're mm-hmm. all up on their feet dancing. And everyone has a huge smile on their face. Yeah, it's just like Lamencia, but she actually... Safina actually got people up on their feet dancing with her. Mm-hmm. And I think what I like so much about this routine was that the choreography to me felt more like real dance choreography than it did like Florentine choreography, if that yeah. makes sense. Like Lomencia's Florentine was really fun and it was great, but the choreography wasn't particularly like dancey. Yeah. It seemed like a Florentine. It wasn't the choreography that made Lomencia's routine great. It was her this. Yeah, and where Sofina, it's kind of like the whole package. She has the performance quality. She's you know, has the facial expressions going on, but she's also just an amazing dancer. And she has that natural ability to like connect with the music and draw you in and I also think that the crowd loved her little ending like split down to the ground <laughs> before her ending pose yeah. that's kind of like with Lamencia where she did the seat drop right before the end of her routine it's like something iconic to finish it off and it's something that the crowd just loves people that don't watch gymnastics they see stuff like gymnasts dropping into the splits and then bouncing back up like we'll, we'll talk about it later but Caitlin Ohashi also did that and I think the average person sees that and they're just like amazed by it for some reason like, they're more <laughs> amazed by that than they are the yeah. actual routine and the <laughs> gymnastics that's being done which is kind of funny but um I think it's just stuff like that, too, that kind of adds to, like, the impressiveness of the routine and the wow factor that it has. But Sofina's routine definitely, I would say, is one of my favorites just because she's so sassy, fun, and really just gets everybody in the arena hyped up. So the next viral floor routine was actually Hallie Mazette back in 2017, and her Beyonce-themed routine reached over 4 million views and was featured in places like Us Weekly, Time Magazine, Cosmopolitan. I really think what did it for this routine was just having so many Beyonce songs, and then single ladies, the single ladies dance. That was something that I think the crowd really, really loved and really sold people on this routine. Yeah, because I think the single ladies dance is kind of like an iconic dance. Like That's, again, one of those things that like everybody knows everybody has seen that music video it's a move that they recognize it's something that they can easily do along with her you could do that move without the music playing and people would know what you were doing exactly i also think it's really cool how she incorporates her own unique moves we've talked about that with some other gymnasts as well she did like a headstand i don't know how to explain it it's like a headstand but it's also like showing off extreme shoulder flexibility to be able to do that yeah and she kind of like walks with her legs Mm -hmm. while she's in a headstand Uh, i also think her beginning pose where she kind of has her leg pulled back up over her head and she has her fist in the air i think things like that really show off her flexibility and it's just different than you know what everybody else is doing i believe hallie choreographed her own routine she may have had some assistance from miss val i'm not completely sure about that but it wouldn't surprise me because we know that hallie has had a really big hand in a lot of ucla's floor routines Mm -hmm. throughout her time at ucla and now she's at liu and she's going to be doing the choreography there so i'm really really excited to see what their routines look like maybe liu will be the next team to go viral (laughs) give ucla a break right Yeah, so I believe in 2014 all the way through 2018, Hallie had a really, really big influence on a lot of the routines. It's hard to know exactly which ones she choreographed and which ones Miss Valk choreographed, just because... 
I think they kind of played off each other. I don't really think it was like one or the other, like one person strictly did this routine and this person did that routine. Like, I think it's one of those things we've seen in videos with UCLA before where um, they kind of just come together and collaborate. Yeah. And all give their input to make it like a just make it the perfect piece and i think the mainstream media tends to always look at either like the head coach or like if there's like a main choreographer and i think that because miss val had done ucla's choreography throughout her entire existence Mm -hmm. as the head coach at ucla that you know even when somebody new came onto the team and they were helping with choreography i think the media always just gave the glory to miss val even if she may not have been the one that was actually choreographing it but we do recognize Hallie's amazing choreography, her amazing talent with dance, and the contributions that she made to the UCLA program during her time there. She played a big role in a lot of the routines that fans know and love at UCLA. So we definitely want to give a shout out to her. And I'm so, so excited to see what she's going to come up with at LIU because she's an amazing dancer. I've seen little snippets here and there of her you know, posted on Instagram where she's dancing with the team and she's kind of bringing that vibe to LIU which obviously is a brand new college gymnastics program so they're gonna kick it off right away with some amazing floor routines I just know it Next in line was Caitlin Uhashi, who actually went viral twice. She went viral in 2018 and then again in 2019. So she basically went viral twice before it was cool to go viral twice, right? (laughs) And she had, I believe, over 117 million views, which is astronomical. And her two routines that went viral were actually Michael Jackson themed. So she had a lot of Michael Jackson music actually not a lot of the entire routine was Michael Jackson music in 2018 and then she did that again. She went with that same theme in 2019, but that was before the Leaving Neverland documentary came out in 2019, where two men came forward and spoke about their experience and being sexually abused by Michael Jackson. So do want to make that clear. I think Caitlin was very, very conscious of not offending anybody, and she did actually end up changing her routine halfway through the 2019 season to like a woman empowerment-themed routine. She had music by all women, so there was some Tina Turner, Janet Jackson, and Beyonce. Um, that routine actually was not one of the routines that went viral. It was her two Michael Jackson routines that everyone really, really loved. Yeah. But um, I think that routine was equally as amazing and also deserves a lot of recognition in its own right because it's super, super fun and incredible. Well, the fact that they were able to change her choreography and change the music, you said midway through season. If I remember correctly, it was actually in postseason. Actually, I think you're right. The first time doing it was at the Pac-12 Championships and then it was regionals, nationals. Mm -hmm. So she really, towards the end of the season, had a completely reworked the routine and I think that all three of those routines you know her 2018 2019 2019 part, part one, two <laughs> 2019 part two yeah we're all a lot of fun and I think that Michael Jackson you know despite the sexual abuse allegations his music has been really well known. He's always been known as the king of pop. A lot of his dance moves, like the moonwalk, and I don't even know how to describe, but I know in my head what I'm thinking of. Some of his moves are like iconic. And again, they're things that people recognize. So I think that that's why those routines picked up so much traction both years. Yes. And I do appreciate that she did change her routine, especially after that Leaving Neverland documentary came out because that was a pretty big thing at the time. And... We all know Caitlyn is very like conscious of stuff like that, and she did not want to send a message that she 
does not stand with survivors of sexual assault. So I love that she went with a woman empowerment themed routine. We haven't seen something like that done before. So that was really, really special to see. And she also has a lot of iconic moves we talked about that with almost every routine i know i feel we're saying the word iconic so much in this episode but that's truly what it is it's taking either dances that are already like popular popular and spread around the world Mm -hmm. people already know them it's familiar or or taking music that's really popular or just coming up with your own moves that are kind of special and unique to you and that is one thing that is kind of a common thread between all these viral routines they have that just special touch or that special move that is like theirs yeah it, it kind of belongs to them it's exclusive to them and for caitlin she did the really cool like switch split into the splits down to the ground at the end of her routine she also had a butt bounce she had type a, movement of yeah her own. she had her own variation of that that she did throughout all of her routines kind of similar to what simone biles does in her routine actually yeah it's like a front handspring with like a half turn and then you land on your butt and bounce up. <laughs> Us trying to describe these things. <laughs> Not good. But you guys know what we mean. You've seen these routines. They're viral. Duh. Caitlin, I would say, was one of all... Out of all these viral routines, she was the one that really, really blew up. Like she... I remember watching her social media accounts and just seeing how many followers she gained, like by the hours even. Just yeah. I kept refreshing. And as her video was going around, she was just getting more and more traction. And I feel like that kind of changed the trajectory for her. Yeah. Because she totally blew up and she had this whole new platform to use her voice and raise awareness for issues like sexual abuse and physical abuse and um, just a lot of problems that we have in the world today. Well, and the culture with the new age gymnastics. You gotta remember, that was also something that was going on during this time as well. It's been going on for years, obviously. So I think to have someone like Caitlyn use her platform for good, and then also just show that gymnastics can be a joyful sport again. You know, so many gymnasts of her time were coming forward with their stories of either physical abuse, sexual abuse. Emotional abuse. Emotional abuse, exactly. And I think to see Caitlin out there performing so joyfully, and she was so happy, and she talked a lot about her journey as an elite gymnast and kind of losing her love for the sport. Yeah. So to see it kind of all come together, her senior year, really, I guess you could say the last two years of her career, and actually to seem like she like loved the sport again and she was just having a blast. And she was confident. She was happy. And yeah, I think just that the message of that, um, not even like the theme of her routine, but I think just the message of Caitlin Ohashi and what she was able to do and what she was able to overcome in her gymnastics career to kind of be that voice and to use her platform to bring the gymnastics community together and to get people to see, you know, what gymnastics really truly is all about. And last but not least, we have Nia Dennis, who went viral first in 2020 with a Beyonce-themed floor routine. Maybe that's the secret to going viral. you got to have Beyonce in your routine. <laughs> yeah, apparently. But that landed her on The Ellen Show. She had over 21 million views. She was getting noticed by celebrities like Steve Harvey, Alicia Keys. Then she went viral again this year. First minute of the season for UCLA. Yep, her Black Excellence routine that we talked about earlier. And... 
Again, she was getting noticed by celebrities like Janet Jackson, Michelle Obama. That's a huge that one. Is so huge. And she got to be on the Ellen Show again. So we got a repeat performance on the Ellen Show for Nia. Well, not literally a repeat performance because she didn't actually get to perform well, the second yeah. time because Zoom and coronavirus. But <laughs> she was on the Ellen Show again, which is very, very exciting. I would like to point out that she kind of went viral towards the end of the 2020 season. And I believe Ellen said this on her show that Nia was one of the last guests that she had on before like pandemic hit and we all had to quarantine in our homes. And it's just funny that now first meet of the season 2021, she's back and she's viral. She's like, like she just, she's just meant to stay viral. (laughs) Yeah. Picking up right where she left off. I think Nia's routine this year is probably one of my all time favorites really is just a fantastic job top to bottom the choreography the way she performs it it's got the fun music it's got the fun moves from tiktok and my favorite tiktok dance from 2020 every time the beat drops she hits that she does it so well love to see it that's the dun 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 dun. yeah i love that one so when i saw that she was doing it i'm like hey this is gonna go viral i can just tell she has all black artists in her routine. So there's some Kendrick Lamar, Beyonce, of course, Missy Elliott, Soldier Boy, Megan Thee Stallion, Tupac, all kinds of stuff. BJ said that they had a huge playlist of music. So that's apparently what they narrowed it down to. But um, really just an excellent routine. It's hard to put into words how incredible it is. It's- I think the musicality is what stands out to me. She hits every little beat. And I know that's something that BJ obviously pays attention to with, you know, her dance background. She knows how to find those little beats and just to kind of make it more like a performance and more like a dance than just, you know, a boring floor routine. So yeah. I really love the part right before her second pass, the, like the clapping, stomping. Yeah. That, that is so like intricate. Could you imagine like the any- energy that you would need to be able to dance like that <laughs> yeah. and then go as hard as she does for the tumbling too. Mm-hmm. And she goes hard the whole way through. Like, it's not just like she starts off like with a bang and then it kind of fizzles out. Like, she keeps that energy up the whole time. So, love it. She totally deserves all the attention and recognition that she's getting because she really is a phenomenal athlete and performer. So, I think what we've concluded is there are a lot of factors that go into a viral routine. It's not just one thing. Um, It's the moves. It's the music. It's the message and the meaning behind the choreography. And like we talked about in the beginning, I think it's how the team markets themselves. I think that it's the reach that the team has. You know, UCLA has built this amazing foundation for really all of their routines going forward to have the potential to go viral just because they're one of the if not the most popular gymnastics team on the planet. Mm-hmm. They're building this reputation and I think that this is a team that knows how to market themselves. They know how to market the athletes. They know how to get their videos circulating. They know how to get themselves seen. And truly, I think that's the piece that's missing from a lot of other schools. Like, there's teams like Oklahoma and Utah and LSU that have had great choreography throughout the years. And we acknowledge that Lomencia Hall from LSU did have the first viral floor team ever. But I think the reason that it's UCLA year after year and it's starting to become almost like the expectation is because they take all those things that we talked about today and they combine it into one. You know, the choreography, the performance, the music. And something that's true to the athletes also. Like you can't just give you can't just give any gymnast Nia Dennis's floor routine. Right. 
because not every gymnast can dance the same way. Not every gymnast feels the same way about the music. And there's so much that goes into it. And the coaches and the choreographers at UCLA over the years really just know how to bring the best out of all their athletes. So we want to hear what you guys think. Do you feel like there's another criteria that maybe we didn't mention? Are there floor routines that you feel like should have went viral? Maybe they didn't. I know we have a few. We can maybe do a whole nother episode on that. So reach out to us and let us know. We're all things gym pod on both Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can send us an email. We're all things gym pod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. And again, thank you to BJ for joining us on the show this week. I know we've been saying that we're going to be a little bit more sporadic with our episodes because our lives are so crazy right now, but we are lying a little bit. We're actually going to be back next week with another episode. We have an interview with Maggie O'Hara, who's totally killing it at the University of Arkansas. So we're really excited to share that with you guys. And we'll also do a little update on the latest NCAA gymnastics news. So come back for that next Monday. And we hope you guys have a wonderful week and we will see you next Monday. Bye. Bye.